fishing. I am bone rise up, ting ting like glitter and gold. I got fire in my soul. Rise Hi, up, welcome ting, to the podcast like today, glitter. Wednesday, October twenty seventh. Um, two familiar voices, two previous guests return. I think Dan Ortiz for the hat trick, and uh, Mac Driscoll, who did get through the primary. Dan did not. Uh, Mac is on the ballot for city council at large, but Dan has been helping um, a lot of people that we support here on this show. Uh, chat with him in just a couple of minutes. A few things first. I'm just going to continue my war on winter now. I, I will start the hashtag war on winter. You know, I dislike cold weather. I dislike winter. Um, my dad, I call my dad. Here's my here's my day every day. I get up at like six, get dressed, let the dogs out, go get coffee, go to the gym, come home. It's about nine o'clock. I call my dad. My dad asked me what I'm doing, what it's like out here. I said, well... The weather has settled in for the next six months. It's gray and cold. And when the days are really bad, it's going to be snowy in addition to gray and cold. I heard a woman today at Panera saying, if it's going to be cold, it might as well just snow. No, 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 no. As I've mentioned a couple of weeks ago and many times before, snow is not good for anything. It makes people drive poorly. It causes deadly car wrecks. It disrupts your schedule when it comes to your kids and school and it delays and cancels events. You track it into the house. It's not good at all. So no, if there's one thing I will take with cold weather, it's that it's not snowing. Ma'am, you are wrong. Hashtag war on winter. Uh, let me uh, welcome back Dan Ortiz and Mac Driscoll. Mac is on the ballot. Dan is supporting several people on the ballot. And I will just tell you to please go vote. As you'll hear, Dan and Mac both lament, not enough people vote. Not a, not a lot of young people vote. And I completely get it. I didn't have any civic duty until I became more connected to this city and got into my mid-30s. When I was 27, I could have I could not have cared less about certain issues. But if you care about this city, and I think many people, well, listening to this podcast, you do, but talk to your friends and people you you know, if you care about where you live, even even if I disagree with that person's sentiment or opinions, get involved with where you live. Dan has certainly done that. Max has been doing that, and I welcome them back to the podcast. Hashtag Eric's War on Winter. Guys, welcome back. We're uh, six days from uh, from Election Day. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Don't all cheer at once. Um, I want to. Uh, I want to start with uh, with a fastball of a question, right at the head of Mac. Uh, I need to know how tall you are. Uh, I'm I'm six feet tall. You are not six because I saw you in a picture standing next to Michelle, and I I didn't wreck. You look like you were six eight. <laughs> well, Michelle is pretty short. Michelle short. That's perspective, I think. I I know. And um, so how how did you guys? I'll start with you, Mac. How did you guys all come together? Because you have all been helping one another. And Dan, obviously, you didn't make it into the, this round of the election, but you've been working with Mac and Michelle. Mac, how did all this? How did this friendship, this coalition, come together? Um, it was really led by uh, Nick Comives. At uh, you know, we've been doing coordinated meetings as a team uh, or as endorsed candidates. But the one following the primary election, Nick Comives said, you know. The test of this party is whether or not you know we can work together, whether we can make sure all six of us cross the line, and um, and and everybody signed on to. 
Uh, and so I'm, I'm appreciative of what Nick did and everybody else, you know, joining as one to, to get us over the line. We understand that our name ID isn't the same as the rest of the candidates. Uh, and so obviously we need more institutional support and the party's doing it. And, and I'll just say, even before that, this is a great group of people just to begin with. And I think, you know, we're, we're prone to working with one another. We have similar perspectives and goals and objectives for the city. So I think it's a natural fit. Who, uh, who is that six? So that's Nick Comives, Katie Moline, uh, who are elected representatives, uh, Tiffany Preston Whitman, Sir Sandra McPherson, who were appointed after the, uh, the four councilmen were indicted and, and suspended. And then Michelle Grimm, and then me. Uh, and Dan, I'd say, Dan, what is your role? I, I called you like social media manager, campaign manager, cheerleader. <laughs> no, no, how, no. how do you see um, it? <laughs> yeah, so I, I actually, I, I am working for Dr. Michelle Grimm's campaign now. And my title is field director. Um, so during the primary, you know, her campaign, they didn't do a lot of uh kind of on the ground work because they were able to raise a lot of money and do campaign ads and she did like other kind of media and stuff like that and as for my campaign you know i pretty much only did uh door to door and all that stuff uh besides coming on shows like yours so uh she reached out to me a few days after the primary and asked if i'd like to help her like organize people to knock on doors and stuff like that so that's what i'm doing now um i was able to kind of bring along some people that uh you know, supported my campaign as well as uh, organized the people that said they would help her out, but she hadn't like tapped into that yet. And so we've been going out and knocking doors and uh, text banking and things like that. Dan, can I ask you to uh, to disconnect and then reconnect? I've got some static when you're when you're speaking, and I just want to make sure we're as clear as possible. Sure. Uh, so should I just like close out of this and open the link again? Yeah. That, yeah. That should work. All right. One sec. Um, Mac, I, I got another question for you, if I may. How, how uh, I, I hear some kind of mentorship, I guess, or the passing of some knowledge and experience with Nick having, Nick having been on council for four years. Uh, how would you define him? What has he passed along to you as you've made this run? Yeah, um, he's, been, he's been very helpful. Uh, talking about, um, you know, the areas we got to focus on and, you know, just our general field strategy, meaning like, you know, where are we knocking doors? How are we reaching voters? Um, He's a solid guy. He's a great representative and a good person, too. And, um, you know, I think he understands. He's been there before as a first-time candidate last time around as a younger person. Um, And it's it's really a difficult field to break into. And um, so I'm grateful for his support, and I look forward to working with him if I'm lucky enough to get elected. Especially as at-large candidates, where it's not just one section of the city, one district, it's it's everywhere. Dan, you're back with me, right? Yep. Good. No static there. How far have you, uh, Dan, how far have you fanned out with uh, the coalition um, to make this thing happen next Tuesday? How far is in? What do you mean by that? Like, how far have you stretched across the city? Uh, like, obviously, this has been months of campaigning now for you. And I yeah. guess some of the focus, or at least for the primary, was keep with who you know, the old West End. But did you touch all parts of the city? So it's actually funny. It's probably counterintuitive and maybe uh, 
bad decisions by me, but I tried to fan out in my campaign as far as I could. Um, I really wanted to go to neighborhoods that are typically uh, considered like lower turnout because I just figured um, if these people aren't as in tune to vote, then maybe I, maybe I'll be the only candidate or one of the only candidates who comes to their neighborhood and, and they'll see me and they'll go vote for me. Um, and so then in this election um, with Michelle's campaign, we have kind of fanned out a little bit, but honestly, uh, you know, there's there's certain precincts uh, in Toledo that are really high density with like a lot of voters and a lot of likely voters. And so I think with the Democratic Party's like coordinated campaign, we've mostly been sticking to those just because we know like if we go here, it's going to uh, stretch a lot farther um, because you'll get to a block and like 60, 70 percent of the homes on the block are are likely voters. And so it just kind of makes more sense with limited resources to to go there. Dan, I want to follow up with you and then I'll come back to Mac with the same question. I only ask you, Dan, first, because I know you're probably knocking on more more doors and meeting more people than maybe sleeping these days, which is incredible. And I do want to ask you at the end of everything, like how will you continue this Involvement. I know when we first started talking, you said you wish more people of your age got involved in politics. But when you were out meeting people in neighborhoods all over in different places, um, what, what 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 were people saying? What were their concerns? What did they like? What did they dislike? What were things they were completely apathetic about? I mean, you have arguably done more on the ground research than anybody could cobble up with any massive study with the hard work you've put in over the last six, seven, eight months. Well, I'll just say that I think uh, other candidates probably knocked a ton of doors, too. Like, I know Mac has been busting his ass, uh, especially since the primary. And um, Nick Comives is, like, prolific on the doors. So, you know, I I wouldn't say that I kind of have more experience than anyone else in that. But, uh, like I said, I did try to go out in my own campaign to places that maybe don't get reached out to as much. And, um, you know... What, what stands out is that uh, you kind of hear the same things over and over. Um, people don't feel like their elected officials um, represent them. They don't feel like, uh, you know, their voice is heard. And so then, then they don't vote because they think their vote doesn't matter. And it's kind of this like self-defeating, uh, self-fulfilling prophecy where, you know, if, if places in the east side, if, if those people went out and voted in mass, then maybe they would get the kind of representation and the change that they wanted to see but as it stands um they feel like the city government doesn't really work for them and then they don't vote because they don't think that it matters and you just kind of go down that cycle mac what did you learn knocking on doors meeting people throughout this uh this journey i would say similar things um i I think especially in the inner city it's 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 tough out there and people really don't feel like they have a shot in the city um they live in neighborhoods that they're not seeing anything new. Everything's just getting torn down. They live in neighborhoods where they don't have jobs. They don't have grocery stores. They don't have access to transportation. Um, you know, overwhelmingly, I think people feel, you know, I, I campaign from the standpoint of the work that I've done downtown, and we've been tremendously successful. But there is, I would say, uh, general, I don't want to say resentment, but people think, you know, downtown's got more than its fair share. Um, and in a lot of ways, they're right especially from a private investment standpoint. Um, that's that's what I'm hearing mostly is that, you know, we've got to focus on our neighborhoods. We've got to lift up the areas that surround downtown. Um, you know, that's where we see a lot of concentrations of poverty. And, uh, and it's been that way for, 
40, 50, 60 years. You know, that's that's where it's been, it's been a cycle of disinvestment for a long time. I think, uh, and Mac, you can speak back up a little bit. Um, I lost you there just a little, but uh, I'll make it work. Don't worry. Lots of good editing coming this way. Um, guys, I think we talked about this, Dan, in our, in our times together, Mac, the, the last time. Um, are we going to, like, downtown looks great. Um, the private businesses are, are doing incredible things. ProMedica was the heartbeat behind all this stuff. And um, I want to ask you guys about the debate shortly. Uh, it was brought up last night between uh, Mayor Wade and Cardi, uh, a, a listener or viewer question. To me, and I'm not downtown as much as I used to be, it seems to be done. Is it, Dan, is it okay to move out into the neighborhoods now and help these people that Mac was speaking about? Well, Mac's going to know a lot more about this than me from a technical standpoint. Um, just as a person who goes and hangs out downtown, um, I think there's still a ton of work that needs to be done in downtown. But as far as from the city's perspective, like from the government perspective, uh, I personally want to see us kind of move on and, and start working on the neighborhoods while continuing to like incentivize people to come in downtown. I, to me, when I when I go down there, and, and Mac, again, Mac's going to have a better answer here, but... I just still see so many like empty storefronts and buildings and things like that, that need to be filled up for downtown to really feel like whole, you know, but it's certainly, uh, miles ahead of where it was even, you know, five or six years ago. Mac, is it, is it time to spread out into these neighborhoods to the, uh, the people that you spoke about so they can get some love where they live, whether it's the old South end, the junction neighborhood, which has been a, a hot topic recently and other neighbor, neighbors that have been maybe in disrepair or disinvested in for decades. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and Daniel's right though. I mean, I, I think it's really easy as a politician to go around and say, we're done downtown, everything because they know it sells. Um, but the, the problem is, uh, if we don't have a competitive downtown, we're, we're going to continue to shrink as a city. Uh, we're going to see firms continue to relocate out of Toledo, uh, and we won't see new firms moving into Toledo. We've got to be competitive. We have to have a downtown that's competitive, that's growing, that's attracting new residents. We are doing that. But uh, to act as if we're done, I think, is pretty short-sighted. Um, we're not even – you talk about peer cities like Fort Wayne or Boise – we're competing with Perrysburg and Sylvania right now. I mean, they're making incredible investments into their downtown, and uh, and they're growing because of it. So it, my answer to this would be, for a long time, we did have to choose whether we invested, you know, where we made investments. Uh, the federal government sent us a big check for $180 million. Luckily, downtown, uh, we, have a, we have Connect Toledo. We have the Downtown Development Corporation that is out doing the work to attract new tenants to proceed with development of some of our vacant structures. But we need more catalytic neighborhood organizations like that in those areas. So we need to have a, a CDC, a Neighborhood Community Development Corporation, for the Old South End, for Junction, for Vistula, uh, for the Old Town neighborhood, for the East Side. Uh, and and couple that, couple the investment uh, that's being made there with public investment into our infrastructure to make those neighborhoods walkable, to make them great places to live, adding parks, adding street trees, enhanced lighting, public transportation, those sorts of things. But really, I, I think our focus needs to be, you know, a good city is built from the center out, and you have to have a healthy downtown and healthy core neighborhoods if we're going to start seeing growth. I, you know, the, the story of the recent census 
information is 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 a continuing of the story that's been going on in a long time we are not growing toledo is not growing lucas county is not growing uh and and part of that is because we don't have an in many ways an emerging downtown and we don't have healthy core neighborhoods uh for when people who do live downtown choose to make an investment in the city they still want to live pretty close to downtown uh, even if it's in the old South End or Vistrula, that's what they do in Cleveland. That's what they do in Columbus, um, and and that option's not always there on the table here in Toledo. So, my you know the mayor's got his plan for how we ought to spend that 180 million dollars. I have some different ideas, uh, but I I would say, yeah, the investment's got to take place in our center city as a whole. You know that includes downtown, but the surrounding neighborhoods too. What are the what are some of those ideas that you would differ on on his plan? Well, he wants to hire 100 cops. Uh, I don't think you should be hiring cops with one-time money. Um, whether we need more cops on the street is is a debate to be had. But if we're only going to get that money for a certain amount of time, uh, then we're only going to have that money to pay those police officers for a certain amount of time. And in four years, when Wade is gone, where's that money coming from? That's, that just becomes a headache for city council to figure out four years from now. Um, I think that money's got to be spent on infrastructure and housing investments in our center city. Yes, he is. That's part of the plan, uh, but it's not as robust a part of the plan as it should be. And and like I said, I don't think any of the money should be spent on staffing at any at any department in the city, whether it's cops, whether it's urban planners, whether it's economic development professionals. This money is going away. It's got to be spent now. So rectify whatever budget problems we had and then make investments that will have a return on those investments moving forward. Um, Guys, I think we've talked about uh, rebuilding neighborhoods and how that could solve lots of problems, including in in the in the. I'm going to say the short term, and I want to say the long term, but sooner rather than later, that could certainly help with some of the crime and violence issues that are an immediate problem right now. And they're always a big Cardi talking point, like it's the like we're the only place where this is happening. And like I said, I think when we've chatted before, we talked about rebuilding these neighborhoods. And one of the things that I've wondered is, and you guys have been in these neighborhoods, Mac, you talked about it. Um, I get how they have eroded over decades, and and I've always wondered if that's chicken or the egg or a little bit of both people didn't care about the neighborhoods so they eroded and then the city maybe stopped caring about them or the city stopped caring about them so the na- so the so the people started caring about them do you guys both get the sense that if we use a lot of this money or we just rebuild some of these neighborhoods people will once again take pride in them because we could build them all they want it's it's like uh, mac you have kids right no, I don't. Oh, okay. Sorry about that. All right. Well, I'll I'll try to use a kid example anyway. I can I can give you a nice place. I can give you your room, but you still have to take care of it. Like you can't let this place fall into disarray. Um, if we build up nice neighborhoods and then they fall apart, just like they've done over decades, then we're throwing money away and we're just right back where we are. Do you get the sense, but guys, both of you, from talking to people, that they will take care of what they have when when we give it to them or when we can help them with it? Yes. Um, Go ahead. You know, there are uh, plenty of people in these like quote unquote bad neighborhoods now that are taking care of their house. And the problem is uh, the house on their left burned down and the house on their right is in disrepair. And the owner moved to, you know, uh, Missouri or something and is just paying the taxes on the property or whatever, but isn't upkeeping it. And um, 
you can find a lot of examples like that across the city. I, I met a lot of people who told me, who could tell me what happened to like every lot, like on either side of their house. And, uh, you know, we, when you fix up the neighborhoods, like, I, you know, I don't know how the disrepair happened. Right. Um, probably a lot of factors and probably a lot of like, you know, this area in particular, you know, we're the rust belt. We went through like a huge, uh, you know, multiple depressions and recessions and things like that. And, uh, not to mention, you know, drug problems and, and all these other things. But right now, uh, where we're starting at is these neighborhoods that are in total disrepair and the people want, they want something to take pride in. They, they do take pride in their own property. Um, and we, you know, it's just, it's pragmatic. It's Dan, we lost Dan, Dan, come back, Mac. I'm guessing you agree, right? I'm back. Welcome back. Uh, Yeah, I, I do agree. And, and I will say, you know, we, I've done a good bit of volunteering for Keep Toledo Lucas County Beautiful, you know, just neighborhood cleanups, those sorts of things. But the, the studies even show if people litter, it begets more littering. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you see glass bottles on the side of the road, you don't care about throwing a banana peel out the side of the road, I mean, on the road. I mean, that's what, that's what people, that's what people, the way people think. And so there is some social pressure in um you know if you live next to a house that keeps up their property that you're going to do the same um i would just add though i think yeah like i think some people they do keep up their homes and they're disenchanted by out-of-town landlords people like that not maintaining their properties but the other thing too is in many cases a lot of the people in these in these neighborhoods are working like 60 70 hours a week uh just to make ends meet um I, you know, I work a desk job 40 hours a week and even I don't want to always mow my lawn. I mean, I can't imagine people working minimum wage, thankless jobs, um, 60 to 70 hours a week. It is difficult for, uh, for, for people to have the time to spend on their kids' education, on maintaining their properties, on things like that. And, uh, part of that's, we've got to find ways to connect people to jobs better. We've got to find a way to have better jobs in people's neighborhoods. Uh, but beyond that, I, I don't think it's—I don't think it's a losing cause to uh, to make investments in our neighborhood. I think Not it's exactly what we have to do. Dan, what were your thoughts? Sorry, it's Matt, a complex web. But yeah, yes, it, everything. It's a complex problem. It, it, you since, know, but we, since, but we can move towards a solution. Since we've been talking, uh, all all of us, uh, everything is connected. Everything is connected. There is no silver bullet for most of these problems because they are all interconnected from low-wage jobs to working too much to child care to opioid problems and fentanyl. Everything is connected and sadly there is not one thing that will solve one that could make a domino effect for the rest in good ways. Um, uh, Dan, I know we got to wrap up soon so I'll make this I'll make this quick with you guys. Dan, what did you think of the debate last night? Any takeaways from it? Did you watch it? Well, I was actually at a uh, council candidates forum uh, that was hosted at Owens Community College by a young man named Chris that's uh, in charge of their student voter outre- outreach, and he has volunteered with uh, with Michelle's campaign, and so I wanted to go and support him, and Mac was there, so I got to listen to Mac for the millionth time this cycle. Uh, but, you know, I really enjoy listening to Mac, because uh, dude really knows his stuff, and uh, uh, it's awesome to hear from him. So it was it was the opposite of listening to Cardi talk. 
Got it, got it. Mac, I'm guessing you didn't watch it either. I mean, it's up on YouTube or on TOL's webpage. I found it somewhat entertaining. Nothing that we I haven't saw, already heard. I saw a clip, I saw a clip of, of Cardi seeming pretty confused and Wade making a funny face at him. That's about all I saw. There was a lot of that. There was a lot of that. And my buddy Melissa Andrews threw, a, threw like a 98-mile-an-hour fastball right under Cardi's nose, asking him if he was still going to manage and lead by the name-calling he did 10 or 12 years ago. And he never really answered the question. But... Um, yeah. Mac, I'm guessing you didn't follow much of it or see it, right? Yeah, I, d- I didn't watch it. Um, I've caught, obviously, a little bit of the coverage. Uh, look, at the end of the day, I mean, Cardi's not wrong about everything. Uh, and he is a nice man. He's a charismatic guy. But it's refreshing to me, as somebody who grew up in the Toledo region, to have somebody like Wade as a mayor. He's a real professional. He's a steady hand at the wheel. He has a long-term vision and, um, you know, Cardi, I think he'll say what he need, what he thinks will sell, whether he believes it or not. Cause he he loves wants- Toledo. We would never guess that he loves Toledo. Yeah. Well, everybody <laughs> who's doing this loves Toledo. <laughs> so, that's what Wade said last uh, I night. I think so. Yeah. Well, I hope you're right, Dan. I mean, I, maybe that's there's, naive. There's a, few, but- there's a few council candidates who I don't think actually do. But, yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I, I would just say I think. Car- Cardi's solutions oftentimes are he-, he governs by his gut. You know, it's like what do I think should happen? As somebody who went to uh, to went to school to learn a, to get a master's degree in the subject of how we build neighborhoods and cities, it can be very disappointing to see someone say, "Oh, oh I think we should do this," so that's what we should do. Like you know, we have to have real solutions. We have to have tested uh, solutions that get real results. I, um, I like Cardi. I, I do. He's a nice guy. I always say hi to him when I go to these events. But I, yeah, you know, Cardi's always been super nice to me too. And yeah, he's a pretty nice pretty much guy. everyone I see him interacting with. But that's not the oh, point yeah. of but, being mayor, you know? Right. But Wade is the clear choice, you know, as far as I'm concerned. Um, to that effect, obviously, I, I think I think we all think that, that Cardi will lose come election night. Um, Dan, you did not make it through the primary, but obviously you've stayed extremely involved. Um, when this election wraps up, what will your political or civic involvement be? Um, I think after this election, uh, the next thing we need to look at is what can we do? And this is a really complex issue, so I don't claim to have a solution, but I would love to work with someone on it or multiple people. What, what can we do to get more people involved in, in the political process, even just in voting and paying attention to local politics? Because that was another thing I heard a lot. When I knock doors, and I still do when I knock doors, is, oh, I didn't know that there was an election mm. this year. And, yeah. um, you know, so what can we do to kind of drive more people to get registered to vote, more people to pay attention, more people to turn out? Um, you know, that's a pretty long-term, like, complex thing. But I guess that's the very next thing that I would start thinking about. And then, um, you know, next year we have all of our statewide races. Um, we're going to have a, a pretty contentious, I think, uh Senate primary in Ohio on both sides, on the Republican and the Democratic side. Um, and then we'll have, uh, you know, elections for governor and all of our state house and everything like that. So, um, you know, I'll just kind of this this year was my first time ever being involved at all. And so even if I just end up, uh, you know, volunteering to knock doors for a Senate candidate or something like that, um, you know, that's what I'm going to do because I really do enjoy doing it. Um, I like being a part of the process and getting out and talking to people. It, it 
I was intimidated by it at first. I was, I was scared, honestly. I didn't want to go knock doors when I very first started. And uh, now it's something that I really enjoy doing. So, uh, you know, you're, this isn't the last you'll hear from me, that's for sure. Uh, I'll still be around and, and we'll just we'll see where things go. Mac, uh, you're pretty close to things with you being a part of Connect Toledo, right? Yeah. Just wanted to make sure I had the right the right uh, place. Um, so you're pretty close to the politics in downtown. If you don't make it onto council, how do you want to stay involved civically? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm the vice president of the Lucas County Young Dems. Um, Daniel's right, and we as an organization have noticed that uh, we've got to work on. I mean, if you look at even 2020 presidential year, I mean, turnout was abysmal in uh, in even in Lucas County, especially in some of our. Uh, central areas of the city uh, we've got to work on organizing we've got to work on getting people registered and and that redounds to our benefit locally because the best predictor of if you're going to vote in a future election is voting in past elections so we've got to get people registered we got to get people involved and you know look as somebody who is always asking people to come volunteer for my campaign uh i'll be better about that next year when we have yeah, love the county commissioner's race next year I'm pretty sure Gary Byers is up for re-election. Uh, we'll have state house, state senate. Uh, we'll have senate and governor's race. And yeah, I'll talk the talk and walk the walk. I've been asking for volunteers, so I'll I'll be volunteering next year. Um, this stuff really matters, and it's and it's a you, you got to get out and get involved to make a difference. And and you think like, oh, I'm just one person. Can I even really do that many knock on that many doors, send that many text messages? call those that many people it, it yep. really it really you can. helps <laughs> you can and and um yeah if you're a, a candidate listening to this uh, you can call my bluff I'll, I'll be volunteering <laughs> for you next year um final thoughts dan i know you got to wrap up and get off break so give me what you got final thoughts yeah um, my final thought is uh you got to go vote all right next tuesday's election day uh, the Early Vote Center is open extended hours the rest of this week, and then they're open on the weekends. You can look it up online. Uh, go vote and, um, you know, vote for Dr. Michelle Grimm. She's the candidate that I'm working for. I'm, I'm really glad that I've got a chance to work for her and gotten to know her pretty well. And obviously we're voting for Mac Driscoll and the rest of the uh, Luke's County Democratic Party slate for city council. Um, and then after that, you know, if you're interested in getting involved – if you're thinking about running for office or anything like that, you know, all the way from from knocking doors for a candidate to running for office yourself, uh, I'm pretty easy to get a hold of, and I would love to uh, help someone, you know, do what I did and, and kind of come from nowhere and, and run for office in the future. So please get a hold of me. We had about like eight or nine percent, I think, for the primary uh, turnout. Do do either of you know what the turnout was for four years ago when Nick was elected and when uh, when Wade won? Uh, the mayorship. I want to say it was in the twenties, low twenties. Um, it typically yeah, doubles right. from the primary to the general, so we're expecting fifteen, sixteen, seventeen percent turnout. Not great. Not great. Not great. If nope. if we could ever fix the problem that Dan you brought up of getting young people involved, we have we may have unlocked uh, a good Pandora's box because that has been something for probably centuries that has not been able to be solved. But thanks for all you do to get young people involved. Mac, a final thought? Uh, yes, I share Daniel's point that, yeah, go and vote for the endorsed Dems. It's an incredible slate. Uh, Wade is a great 
candidates, uh, Katie, Nick, or Sandra, Tiffany, uh, myself, six good candidates for city council, Bob Vasquez, Polly Taylor Gherkin, and Christine Varwig deserve your vote for school board. They are excellent at their jobs. They're, they've worked really hard on improving what's taking place at TPS. Um, I'm not just a company man. I've met these people. They're good people. Uh, they deserve your vote and support too. And look, I mean, if we don't cross the line, I've I've gotten to meet a lot of great people. I met Daniel Ortiz. I think we're friends now. I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, and if that's all I got out of this, it was it was totally worth it. So, but but we're fighting for every last vote from now until Tuesday at 7:30. My time is pretty much scheduled to <laughs> to to get out there and talk to everybody I can. So. You know, you we'll see what happens. But. Are, you, are you nervous? Are you anxious? Or, I mean, you, you're a very even-keeled human being. Yeah, generally speaking, I am, and I think I've kind of accepted all the possibilities. My mom desperately wants me to have a watch party, and I, I'm trying so to I. like I. Yeah, and so does it's my mom and Daniel. Do it. Like, get the uh, get get the old West End cabal together and get Michelle you know, and go hang out at the Ottawa Tavern. It's a high risk, high reward proposition. See, if I lose, I don't want a bunch There's of people no in my living room. But if I win, obviously I'm going to want a party. So <laughs> I don't know. Daniel will probably win out. We'll probably do something. But guys, uh, Dan, it's been especially good to to create a friendship and strike that up with you, especially with all the stuff that um, uh, Derek's been through over the last so many months. Mac, it's been good to connect with you. Um, and to know that you're not six eight and we're the same height, it's just Michelle being very short. That it that is. picture was stunning. I couldn't believe it. It's like somebody photoshopped her in here. I couldn't figure out if you were super tall or she, she was super short. She was super short, but I got the answer. And guys, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thanks, thanks for having, having me. Good luck. Uh, good luck, Mac. Uh, Dan, we'll talk soon. Okay, guys. Yep. See ya. See ya.